Welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Permanenzi. Another Zoom cast, boys, on this uh, lovely fall day here in Minnesota. I think it was. Is it? Is it? It's only. It's June, though, guys, isn't it? Because the weather outside was like fall-like today. And not only that, I believe it's as we record here, it is the first day of summer technically by the solstice, which happened late last night, I think. Yeah. So we, we are into the first day of summer, yet you're right, Tony, it felt like fall. Almost refreshingly so after the weather we've been having though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a hot one around here and, and uh, I was in an even in an even hotter place last week, so that was uh that was good. But uh Let's talk about some beers, guys, because we haven't been on for a couple weeks. Um, I didn't. I don't have any new beer um, because I'm newly back in town. I just went with the old, uh, the big friendly from Grain Belt, little Grain Belt Premium. There you um, go. So you know, made by Shells now down in uh, New Ulm. And as everybody knows, if you're listening to this podcast, Dave and I were down there for Johnny's wedding and had a bunch of shells down there and some premium. So. Tyler Miller, I hope you're listening. Yeah, Tyler Miller, the spokesperson for uh, for Premium. So it's a it's a classic. Everybody in Minnesota should know it. You know, good beer, big friendly. Enough said. Yep. Uh, Dave, what do you have tonight? Well, I was uh, I I got a familiar brewery that we we haven't recorded at, but we've all been to. I got I went from a beer from Indeed Brewing Company in Minneapolis, Northeast Minneapolis, and uh, I ended up, I kind of got excited when I saw this. Uh, I didn't get it at the brewery. I got it at the liquor store, which again, indeed, they're all over the place, which is great. But I went with the tangerine cream ale. And Ooh. so, yeah, I guess I should say the reason I'm excited is because I've um, obviously been to the tap room down there, indeed, quite a few times. And uh, I'm a big fan of cream ales in general, I guess. Not a huge fan, but, you know a big a pretty big fan but uh, i've i've had their pistachio cream ale i've i've definitely sampled it on this podcast and it's kind of one of the beers that i tend to pick up every once in a while just because you know pistachio cream ale sounds good so when i saw a tangerine cream ale i thought oh that's perfect you know we're getting into summer um it's cream ale and i thought i'd give it a go and so this one is really really unique um it's it's definitely got a tangerine taste to it which is kind of it's odd because i never buy tangerines i rarely buy oranges but uh boy when you throw it into that cream ale from indeed it really it's got a really smooth taste um you know it's kind of a it's not as a cream ale it's not that hoppy i think it's IB is 15 it's only five five and a half percent so it's a relatively light you know easy drinking beer but it's just incredibly smooth and that, and, and you know, that's part of that is to do with the cream ale, but uh, yeah, excited to try it. And I love it. I've, uh, I had one last night and then I'm having one now as we record. So yeah, it's, it's delicious. So there you go. Yeah. Indeed is uh, definitely a place I'd love to do a podcast at. I just think we haven't, I, it's one of those, they're all kind of in the same area and we've right. a bunch of them. It's just like, then you forget, oh yeah, Indeed's there. <laughs> oh shit, we should probably do one at Indeed at some there. point. Abel's yeah. there, Dangerous Man, all of that yeah. around that area. Six, well, six, 612 is a, you know, a few blocks yeah. away. It's Baja, Baja Brew Labs over there. Dangerous Man, Connor, is probably never going to happen because mm. I just think they're one of those breweries that's like, we, not that they don't care, I just think it's, you know, podcasts for them are kind of like, yeah, 
me. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've been down. Indeed, I mean they have a nice they have a nice little patio and a decent little nice little um space indoors. And then they have another they have another room or rooms off to the side for I think events and whatnot. So it's it you might have to do we might have to do it outside just due to limited space. But yeah, yeah, just kind of popped at me and and the beer pops as well um because it definitely has a smooth refreshing summer taste to it. Perfect. Uh, Connor, I'm sure you have a beer from outstate Minnesota, right? Uh, that was going to be my next one. Um, uh, not this time, but I, this time I have a beer from Island city brewing in, uh, Winona, Minnesota. Oh, Um, I was down there a couple weeks ago. Uh, went to college down there. So, and it was my first time back there since, uh, since going to college down there. So it's, it's been a while. Uh, but this, uh, this one is called the Double Dock Cider, and it is 8.2%. It's a double IPA, and it's very, very hoppy, very, very malty, almost uh, almost Belgian-looking, but it doesn't taste like a Belgian beer. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, yeah, did I say it? it's 8.2%, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a thicker beer. I think I like something a little bit, a little bit lighter than this, but I would definitely get this again. Um, and I'll tell you, the tap room down in uh, Island City looks great. I would, if you're ever down in the area, I would definitely recommend it because it's got a good, um, just a typical tap room kind of feeling. Uh, so I would definitely recommend going there if you're ever down in the Winona area. So I'm, a, you know, I'm a little familiar with Winona. I, I've had uh, cousins that went to school there. I've been there for a wedding. I've kind of passed through there. But uh, so with the Island Brewing, would that be, is that kind of right? downtown Winona then or is it out yeah so it's it's like it's downtown ish like kind of near the bridge that goes over to Wisconsin um and uh god if I I had like uh uh it's it's only a few blocks away from Winona State University's campus um like you could walk there in probably 10 minutes from there but the uh, new the new bridge right the new bridge is a there's a new bridge that goes across isn't it Oh, there is. I, I didn't see. I don't. I don't know. I didn't Are you see thinking? That you might be thinking lacrosse or that area. No, there's a there's a bridge down there. We just. Uh, sorry, shop talk. My company did the bridge down there. Did electrical work for that bridge. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, it was. It's newer. I, that <clears throat> the bridge I'm talking about has been there for a while. I, I used to. Oh. I used to go on runs down there a lot. So it was. Mm. Uh, uh, it was a very familiar site, but. Uh, it's been 13 years since I since I had been down there before, so it was it was nice to go down. And fun fact, I, the hall that I uh, that I dormed in uh, looks exactly the same. Nothing has changed whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Well, dude, we could. Well, Dave, I think territorial, not territorially. Uh, where do we where do we Comstock? Comstock, yeah. Comstock. Comstock was our dorm at the U, and I'm pretty sure that this probably changed a bit. I'm thinking well, past it. Well. You know, I mean, it, it, Comstock itself now, I haven't been inside in many, many years, obviously, but I, I walk by there all the time, especially in go for football season. And the, it doesn't look like Comstock's changed in that, but the area around Comstock has changed significantly. Oh, yeah. Now there's a, there's a whole new dorm right next to Comstock. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you the name of it. In my, um, whole, in my old parking area. ramp, our old parking ramp. They demolished our old parking ramp. Damn it. Yeah, Kaufman, that has changed. There's new bridges mm. over to, speaking of bridges, over to, uh, you know, the, the 
quad for lack of a better word but yeah uh, yeah yeah so uh well good beers out of the way let's before we get into the game guys let's talk a little bit about what we've been doing for the past couple weeks because i was in vegas last week and and we'll talk about this about what i watched in vegas a little bit later because i watched a lot of euro 2020 in vegas um but interesting thing is i know dave you were in vegas a couple weeks ago uh with our buddy nels yeah i was there just well been almost a month ago now the week before memorial day yeah and it's interesting guys and, and dave you can attest to this it's it's crazy how things have opened back up uh when you go to a place like vegas it's like it's it's like pandemic never happened there yeah it's it's yeah. it's the whole um turning a dial versus flipping a switch it it definitely feels like you flip a switch mm-hmm. you know or at least it even for me when i um it was less so i mean stuff i i, I kind of feel like a flip was switched here you know, once the CDC kind of released its information regarding vaccinated people and all that. Uh, but yeah, Vegas, it was, yeah, big time. Just you walk off the plane, literally, I shouldn't say that because you got to, you know, still it's a federal law. You got to wear a mask through the yeah. airport, but once you get out of the airport, once you get into that, you know, hotel casino, yep. yeah, it's, it, it's like it never happened. Now I, uh, I, I had, I took an Uber uh, during my trip uh, at some point after I went to the uh, pinball uh, hall of fame, which I'll talk about in a second. But my Uber driver was really cool. And she was telling me she's been in Vegas for 13 years and she was driving Uber during the pandemic and said, you could drive down Las Vegas Boulevard and there was absolutely no traffic. Like people were biking down Las Vegas Boulevard and not having to worry about cars. And they'd actually put, um, wood panels over the front doors of some of the casinos when they shut them down and had cops stationed outside of some of the main casinos to stop looters and people from you know vagrants from hanging out and she said this like downtown las vegas became a hotbed of homeless vagrant people just hanging out because there was really nothing going on down there I believe yeah. it. Yeah. I can, I, I mean, you know, our, my, a good friend of mine, a friend of the podcast, Marshall, he lives in Vegas and has done so for quite a while now. And uh, yeah, he sent me, me, you know, and this, I'm talking about when Vegas was literally closed mm-hmm. in the months after the shutdown in last, you know, over a year ago now. And he sent, he would send me photos of downtown specifically and even the strip, but downtown, especially where you're used to seeing all sorts of people at all hours of the day empty nobody nobody's in these pictures so it was just so weird to see because it doesn't matter how many trips you've made to vegas uh, you'd never see a picture like that because there would always be people on the on downtown that whole you know fremont street and the strip is just crazy seeing those pictures and yeah it's incredible it was uh it was it was cool to be back um i haven't been there for over i think it's been 11 or 12 years uh, since I've been in Vegas, which I thought was crazy because I was going like once every couple of years for a while there. Um, so I did go to the Pinball Hall of Fame, guys. And uh, it's right down by Mandalay Bay across the street. You can't miss it. It's a big building. It says Pinball in the front of it. Um, they're um, going to be doing their grand opening on July 1st. The crazy thing is the cab ride I took from uh, Excalibur to that place because it's way too hot to be walking any long distance it was 115 degrees outside it was nasty Uh, cab driver didn't know it was there and the uber driver i took on the way back didn't know it was there uh so it's kind of a new thing 
what I was going to say is the crazy and Dave knows this Connor you don't I walk up to the door of the pinball uh, hall of fame and I'm carrying a mask on me because I don't know what places are going to require masks and so far during my trip nobody had required any masks or anything like that and a big sign on the front door says hey even though CDC says, you know, mask, you don't have to wear a mask. We still feel the pandemic is ongoing. So if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm vaccinated. Don't wear a mask. Walk in the front door. This lady stops me like dead cold. Starts going this whole spiel about wearing a mask. And do you have a vaccine card and blah, blah, all this stuff. Basically what she was saying is if you can prove to me you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you can't prove to wow. me you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. And I said, well, A, I don't have my vaccine card on me. B, I never took a picture of it because frankly, by the time I thought about it, people weren't even requesting it, you know? Right. And so I wore my mask the whole time I was in there. Half an hour later, later I hear this lady telling some another customer saying, oh, we'd even accept like an email from your pharmacy saying you got it. And I'm like, oh, okay. holy shit. I could have like told you this. Anywho, long story short, Pinball Hall of Fame. If you guys go to Vegas, any of our listeners go to Vegas, check it out. Go in there. You can play any game you want to. All the games are not, they're not free to play. You have to play for, with quarters, but they got games from 1932 all the way through the year 2000 in there. They've got uh, old arcade games in there. They've got like everything you could possibly want in this place. Um, and because we're speaking about, um, the student union, Dave, where they used to have a little arcade that we'd go into as well. Medieval Madness was my pinball machine. I loved to play. And I had one of the high scores on that machine. And every time I see Medieval Madness game, I look and see if my high score is still on there. Well, they have a Medieval Madness game there. Do you think my high score was on there? Uh, odds would say no. but No, it wasn't. Damn it. God, wasn't darn it. it. Damn, darn it. damn it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, you know, if for our listeners who have been to Vegas, you know, countless countless times like i have and you're looking for something new there you go pinball hall of fame because otherwise you know i don't know how many first time visitors to vegas would be going to the pinball hall of fame but well no it's hey if you're if you're a, an arcade guy like me it's like you walk in there and it's like holy shit this is oh, like yeah heaven man it's like heaven say, it's like you died and went to heaven yeah uh the only thing you can't do of course you can't drink in there and there's reasons because it's technically it's a hall of fame and it's all based on um they don't make any money, really. It's all donations. And also another crazy thing on the sign outside, it says in big, bold letters, if you smell like marijuana, you're not allowed in here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. They are like totally like no drugs, no alcohol. I, You know what? I, I wonder if that's more, I mean, you know, to use their own, that's fine. But it is interesting. Like, I, you know, I was out last time I was in Vegas in May. I was at the Aria staying at the Aria hotel just for a couple of nights. But I mean, it's, it was wild. Like I was on a non-smoking floor yet walking down the hallway. That's all I could smell is marijuana. Wow. Yep. It's all I could smell. And I don't know if this is coming, people smoking on the floor, they shouldn't be, or if yeah. it was walking down through the ventilation or if people were in the room doing whatever they wanted or whatnot, or if it was just third, you know, third hand smoke off of people's clothes or whatever. Be. But yeah. It was, it was wild. I mean, so maybe it was just part of that. Like people, they're just like, all right, this is out of control. It's everywhere. Yeah. Vegas and you just want to well, avoid it. Final thoughts on Vegas. One, lots of dogs and lots of kids, which I found interesting. Hmm. And uh, two, Vegas is back to its 
old self where wear whatever the fuck you want to wear. Uh, I saw so many people wearing things they should not have been wearing everywhere, like uh, tight fitting clothing. I saw a lot of asses hanging out of short shorts, just walking Whoa. around. I, I saw it's like ridiculous, man. Well, I mean, Tony, I'm pretty sure I'd be wearing my short shorts because I mean, it was probably what 130 <laughs> degrees when you were there, but you know. Yes, but yeah. I mean, I get it. Go to Vegas, be yourself. I totally understand that, but good lord, it was it was. Uh, Are you saying what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas, that man? Well, no, it's really some of the people there were, frankly, whatever. But uh, it was a good time, though. It was nice to be nice to be away from home uh, for five days. Um, My buddy, our buddy Nels stayed here and watched Draco while we were gone and uh, took care of Draco and the bunny and uh, watched our house, which was nice. I did have and and and. I don't know if you guys have this probably not because you guys don't have kids um i had a bit of anxiety the week leading up to me leaving because we haven't gone anywhere for like a year and a half mm. so i had anxiety my sister-in-law who went with us had anxiety like just anxious about leaving our kids and the whole thing going to the airport and all that stuff that comes along with traveling I've never felt that way before. I don't know why it was. Maybe it's because, like I said, we hadn't done this for a year and a half. So, you know, you're super excited to get out, but then you're kind of, you know. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, Connor, you were in uh, Door County over the weekend? Yeah. uh, So my wife and I drove up um, on Thursday, stayed in Fish Creek, Wisconsin, which uh, Mm -hmm. if anybody anybody listening to this doesn't know where Door County is, uh, think of uh, Door County as the thumb of Wisconsin, I suppose. So if you make Wisconsin with your hand and just point your thumb away from your finger uh, and then keep all your your fingers together with your left hand, yeah. And uh, keep your fingers together. The thumb is Door County. And uh, we stayed in Fish Creek. it was great. Just a good place to go and relax. Um, we called it our baby moon because it's our last big vacation before um, Laura before Laura gives birth in October. We're not planning on going a lot of other places before uh, um, before the baby comes. Sure. Um, but it was. I'll tell you that that part of the country is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like we took a we took a sunset cruise uh, that first night, and uh, that I mean. It's like it's almost like you were down in Florida. It was be- it was absolutely beautiful. It was I got some pictures that I know I want to show you guys too. Um, but uh, we did that and we met a few people on the boat and that we ended up hitting it off with. And uh, they gave me uh, a new a new drink that I had never had before, uh, which was Minute Maid lemonade mixed with Apple Crown. You ever had that? No. It's Say very very smooth. Um, it's a Wisconsin I, thing, obviously. It must be, <laughs> but it was delicious. I thought it was very smooth, and I I would definitely recommend it to you guys. Uh, and then one other thing I've noticed about Door County was that uh, they are known for their their cherries. Uh, apparently, Door County is very famous for cherries. So they have like cherry waffles, cherry pancakes, cherry everything up there and so we i tried some cherry pancakes which was delicious uh laura had some a uh, cherry juice which i thought was a little too tart for me like a, almost like an like um you know like an orange juice but cherry it's a 
dumb it down a little bit. Um, it was, but it was great. It was beautiful. Uh, we just relaxed and we did whatever we wanted. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's just a nice place to go relax for the weekend. And we actually just got back uh, a couple hours ago. So oh. it was, mm. so Jesus. just in time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, go to Mecca then? Mecca? Yeah. Green Bay. Is that, is that your oh, Mecca? Yes. yes of course. <laughs> <laughs> why, wouldn't, um, why wouldn't you stop there come on <laughs> yeah did, did you did you drive out so yeah we did yeah so i mean so, you, you come close yeah yeah it's uh well we we actually went through green bay on the way there i wanted to stop at lambo on the way there oh. uh but it ended up being too late so we just drove straight through um on the way back we hit up lambo just today actually oh. uh we and laura had never been so we we hit that up and just took a couple pictures, had some lunch, and uh, that was Laura's first Lambo. And I intend on turning my son into a Packer fan, bringing him one day. So that'll be, oh. that'll be fun. Oh, I feel <laughs> sorry for that kid. I do. Uh, well, great. Glad you guys had a good time. I right, before uh, uh, we kind of move on here, because I know Dave has uh, a vacation he went on. Did you go on a vacation, Dave? Uh, I didn't exactly go on a vacation, but I went. I went on a work trip to New Mexico. But... That's right, Mexico. That's right. Um, I did want to mention when I was in Vegas, I did have one local craft beer. I think I texted it to you guys, and it was the um, Love Lady Brewing Company's Love Juice India IPA, and that is the only local beer I had there. Um, my other beers during the during the trip were Coors Light, and. Um, I think I had a couple of, uh, can't think what else I had. Coors Light and Bud Light. That's about it. But uh, did get yeah. one craft beer when I was there. Which well, is at least good. you did. And like when I, when I was at late last year, when I recorded from Vegas and mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I didn't go to a craft brewery like yourself, but uh, at least I found a few there. I mean, they're out there. They're out They're everywhere, obviously these yeah. days, but uh, yeah, that'd be cool to actually go to a craft brewery there. So yeah. Dave, you went to uh, area 51. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that that I went to Roswell, New Mexico, which I that is not where Area 51 is. That would oh. be in northern. You were closer to Area 51 than I was. That would yeah. be like down in Arizona, isn't it? I yeah. think it's Nevada, but I've never been there. Isn't it? Yeah, Area 51 is Nevada, I think. Yeah, you were, kinda, but, it, but you were near Roswell, right? I was in Roswell, which is famous yeah. for the, uh, the the oh, well, you know, aliens crash landed in a UFO. UFO in Roswell, I believe off the top of my head, I think it was like 1948. I could be wrong by year. 1947. Yeah. Oh, you're. Oh, that's close. Yeah. On. So aliens crash landed in a UFO in Roswell, New, just outside the city in Roswell, New Mexico. So Roswell is a very quirky little town, and even to this day, uh, driving through and just it's got a nice little downtown area, but it's alien everything. Like the McDonald's is alien themed. They have alien lampposts. They have like a UFO museum. Uh, all sorts of um, really they're still pushing that alien UFO kind of culture of and it's yeah. a it's, well, the UFO and it's, museum. it's yeah. literally in the middle of New Mexico it's like it almost feels like I drove from Albuquerque a uh, great city of Albuquerque but man it's a three hour drive and by the time you get to Roswell you're like I'm in the middle of nowhere but uh, well no now there was a movie made about uh the true true story of the landing it's called men in black have you guys seen that movie it was a true story um uh, i think agent j or agent k was there at the landing i think was the deal wasn't it 
Yeah, based on choose your right. Based on choose Now, of the Roswell crash. Dave, were you, fiction parallel. Fiction parallel, exactly. Yeah. Dave, were you there to put in a filtration system for an alien plant? Well, technically, yeah, he's not allowed to talk about. He's it. not allowed to talk about it. Okay, yeah. it, without going into details, it, right. it might have it might have been membrane filtration, but uh, mm. I can't say what they were doing with it. Ooh. but it was Thanks. in Roswell, New Mexico. What else would you be doing there? So, that I mean, Making cheese? No, I nope. really make cheese in no, Roswell. I drove through Green Bay today. Come on, yeah, exactly right. Uh, so, we've all been out of the state for a little bit here, guys, in the last couple of weeks, which is good. But uh, let's get down to some serious business. There was a game on Saturday, first game in three weeks for the Loons uh, against Dallas in Dallas, where. You guys know we do not play well at all. Yeah, if the, by well, if by well you mean not uh, not even being able to escape from Frisco, Texas with a point, not no. losing every match they've played yes. there since uh, well twenty MLS era twenty seventeen. Yes, so right. It's five years. It's yeah. either the heat or they got some kind of uh, magic voodoo type of deal. I don't know what the deal is, but we well, can you know what it was. And until I mean, it it was hot on Saturday night, but I mean, I, I remember so clearly and especially in 2018, 2019, when we, when we started recording this podcast, I would always blame it on the heat. It's the heat. Yeah. It's, I mean, which in, in, you know, quite frankly, it certainly could be, you know, but it's yeah. interesting coming into this game on Saturday, the weather here in Minnesota, where presumably that the players that were still with the squad would be training up in Blaine. Uh, it's been darn right hot here yeah. and humid. So I guess, if you're training for a game in Dallas, you know, the weather we've had lately would be the weather to do it in. Which is why I have an alternative theory, Dave, as to why we don't do so well. I think Minnesota is secretly suff- still suffering from the stars moving down to Dallas. Oh, moving down to mm. Dallas, I think. interesting. I don't, I don't like to talk about that, Connor. I think there's a stigma. Yeah. You know, another interesting fact about this weekend was this past weekend, I should say, was, uh, you know, the twins were actually down in, the Dallas area as well in Arlington. Mm-hmm. I think they still play in Arlington, but mm-hmm. the twins were playing the Rangers that weekend and actually came away with a sweep of the Texas Rangers. So and, twins. and see now before we get into the game in a normal, like if COVID never happened and the twins were playing down there and the loons were playing down there would have been a perfect trip to go down there to see the twins play and the loons play at the same time. Yeah. Because that rarely happens with the Twins and the Loons. It just doesn't work out that way. Uh, but, yeah, we're having a good trip. Um, we are, of course, missing some guys from our lineup because they're playing in the Euros right now. Uh, we don't have Jan Gregus. We don't have Retalia. And we don't have Robin Lude. Uh, So our starting lineup was a little bit different, uh, to say the least. Now, before the podcast, guys, I told you MLS.com has us at a 4-1-4-1 formation, which we know is not true. It was a it was a 4-3-3. Uh, yeah, or a, I mean, depending on how you look at it, uh, the lineup that they have on MLSsoccer.com. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I use that as a resource. I, I, the website's all right. But yeah, when it comes to the lineup, I'm looking at like a 1-4-1-4. Yeah, but yeah, they call it a four-one-four-one. I'm just mm-hmm. visually looking at it, but yeah, no, it they they you know watch. I watched the we watched the pregame. They came, you know, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I I think Tony and I, you and I were watching the game together on Saturday. We had 
I kind of, my prediction was incorrect. I, I thought um, it would be a, a four, two, three, one with, with, um, with a new one up top. And then, you know, basically Ray in the middle and, and Frank Apane out left and then Hanson out, out wide, right. And then so on and so on, but it was not the case. The big, the big the reason I got it wrong was I was kind of close, but missed the formation. But uh, Ray was not starting. Nope. Ray is a little bit dinged up, and we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit, guys. But yeah. um, basically, it was four three three. We had uh, Anu, uh, Fregapane, and Nico Hansen up top. We had Hayes, Dotson, and Trap in the middle, and our back line, of course, was Gaspard. Debassi, Boxel, and Metnir. Tyler Miller is back in goal because I think uh, is DSC. Is he still? He's with Canada, isn't he? Yes. No, no. Oh, he's not. He's not. Well, not now. He was to to clarify. I mean, Dane St. Clair was with Canada for their final round of qualification, which Canada, if for listeners who don't know, I'm probably few. Uh, Canada did qual qualify for the final. final tongue twister they they are Canada advanced into the final round of world cup qualification so and Dane Sinclair was with the team but that that had finished up that wrapped up oh, like a week ago he, so came he back. was actually he was available with the okay. team okay but Tyler Miller I mean I don't know it'll be interesting how long his streak you know continues he's mm-hmm. had you know prior to the international break here he's had several strong performances and you know that continued into last night I did the lineup was interesting just because, yeah, Tony, you mentioned that they're missing key pieces, especially like Lude, who might be the, mm-hmm. M- the early MVP mm-hmm. uh, of the season. They're missing Lude. They're missing uh, Gasper, who is not the MVP, unfortunately, so far. But uh, they are they were missing Gasper. And then, of course, Retalia, who's who played, you know, a pretty important part of this team going forward. I, but, you know, it, I think it was the excitement of, OK, three weeks. Now you got a new coming back you know, presumably to start, he had, he got a little action in the RSL game coming out late. And then, um, you know, Frank Apone, he was unable to start at RSL because of paperwork, COVID paperwork and mm-hmm. down in Argentina. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was kind of a little bit of mixture of like, oh yeah, we got Frank Apone, Honu starting, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, missing key pieces, but interesting lineup. Nevertheless, I just, it's just crazy. It just seems like every week it's a different lineup, it, you know, for the most part. Something's well, due to injury or availability. I, I think that Anu and Fragapane playing together, uh, unfortunately, without Ray in the middle, that's kind of what they want to see is those three guys yeah. uh, working together. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, Nico Hansen getting a chance and see what he can do on uh, the right side. But uh, like we were talking about Dave and we're watching it together was that the, the, the loons came out like gangbusters in the first oh, half. Big time. I mean, it was, it was, they were on point. Um, there was a lot of action uh, going back and forth and uh, a lot of uh, just good ball. Um, I, I will say uh, it was nice to see them do that without Ray in the middle because my concern without Ray in the middle is that we there's not enough there's not going to be enough action. Ray is that Ray is like the middle of that spoke who can get things kind of working you know left right back forth. So it was nice to see them do that in the four three three. Um, yeah, I, I would say yeah. Just jumping like for take, taking like the thirty thousand foot approach. I mean, a couple of things really kind of st- stood out to me, and we mentioned that in the lineup. 
you had Dotson starting in that, you know, more of a, you know, central midfield role, central midfield the eight or this, mm-hmm. he was kind of in the eight, you know, starting in that central mid role and, you know, not being pushed out left. We've seen Dotson, he's started basically every game of the year, I think, except for one, but he's played in every game of the year, Dotson has. But I mean, everybody, you know, just screaming about a mountain left where clearly that's not his natural position. So I think starting this game in a more natural position, I think that midfield of Dotson to Corey Hayes and Will Trapp was spectacular for most of the game, Um, especially in the first half uh, chances created. And then, like you said, it was evident very early in the first 10 minutes that, uh, wow, there's some excitement because either whether it's a well-timed run or Frank Apane, just knowing, knowing where to be, knowing where to come off, come off the, you know, in this case, the left side and Hanu being in the right spot at the right time. I mean, there was some early, early chances created by both Frank Apane and, and Hanu, and that was exciting. And then generally it was the that midfield work of Dotson, Ja'Cory Hayes and Will Trapp, just really putting the effort. They had some key takeaways, key turnovers that led to those early opportunities for Frank Apane and a new and I think that just looked so good and then generally speaking I mean maybe they weathered a storm in the first couple of minutes first three four five minutes of the game but it was all Minnesota it was Minnesota forward Minnesota attacking and yeah you know before we move on into any details one thing that kind of did change the game and I didn't even see the the foul so I'm not going to comment on it but I know what you're thinking Tony Yellow card for Imbake or Debake or Debate. Sorry, help me out, guys. Debasi. Debasi. Yeah, sorry about that. Debasi. Yeah, there was an early, early yellow card. In fact, it was so early, it was the second minute. I didn't even notice the foul. I just mm-hmm. saw that there was a yellow card. And that kind of changed the game, especially into the second half. And it, it was rough. But other than that, it was all Minnesota early. Yeah, they had, uh, again, uh, within the first 10 minutes, we they had a couple of attempted shots but then we got on the ball and just started hitting shots left and right. Um, we had an attempted uh, shot by Fragapane uh, in the eighth minute. Um, you had a new hitting one in the 24th minute. So they were, yeah, you know, I, I got to say those for those attempts too. Uh, that's the service leading to those attempts was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, just hitting the long balls. Like I've, I have never seen Minnesota do that before be, being able to hit the long balls up the field and hit a new or Fragapane uh, like that. I, so that- I thought the service was spectacular. It's obviously and, it was. And, and what do you, th- why do you think that is Connor? I mean, is it like, I mean, I specifically, I know like what you're probably thinking about, you know, the 22nd who knew i think Hanu's real first chance at goal right. was was created by metnir and right. I, we, I should say metnir had a very solid game for pretty much the majority of the game uh, other than the first half of the second half which i don't think anybody had a good game but <laughs> i mean yeah no it, it, it was almost like you know would you credit like Hanu there or just for being there with his run or being the right spot right time or because how do you expect that that i mean is it chemistry I don't know. I'm asking out loud here because it there was clearly clearly something changed, um, and you, you saw the Metnir that we know it was more. It wasn't just Metnir making a long run down the right hand side and then crossing into the box late. No, he was going. He was doing some long passes forward that Hanu, you know, caught in stride there, especially specifically in the 22nd minute. 
right about that one um there are a couple things that i could credit with that one is that uh, they're both they both have played the same style of soccer before in uh, league one in france uh so they know they in league in league one obviously like every team has their own strategy but they play a different kind of soccer over there uh so i would credit some some of that with that Another is that uh, they're getting back from a three-week break, so they could their game could be back up to uh, a level that it wasn't at when they ended their first stretch of games. Um, and uh, was it? Um, I think uh, so. We've got we got an Adrian Anu from Stad Rene. Uh, did we get Metnir from Stad Rene as well? I I know it was somewhat no, over in Liga. It was it was a uh, team that had moved up. Um, it was a lower level team that had moved up the year the last year that Metnir was there, I believe. Okay. So yeah. it wasn't Stad Rene because Stad Reims. That's who it. Stad Reims. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, playing the French football, playing French soccer like that, I I would definitely credit that with a little bit from for that mm-hmm. particular chemistry. Uh, you also saw some crosses going into Fragapane, who could get on the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would credit that with um, uh, probably just, uh, yeah, coming back from the break. I, I'm mostly coming back from the break because uh, now they've had enough time to practice with each other and they are now going into the game, hopefully on the same page. I think and- it's I think it's a lot of trust too, Connor. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's uh, men here knows these guys are professionals now. Um, not saying that guys like Dotson and some other guys aren't professionals, but I think Metnir knows these guys are veterans and they can do certain things. And he's more comfortable giving those passes, making those passes, those crosses, those lead passes in there, knowing these guys can do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, we get to the, let's see, well, we get well, to the, you know, and one thing I want to bring up, like, I mean, we're talking about these chances and near created a couple of them. Nico nearly scored his first, you know, nearly scored in his debut in the eighth minute. I mean, there was a lot of excitement and it was pretty much all Minnesota, but like one, 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 one opportunity that I wanted to really bring up was in the 36 minute Jacory Hayes. And that's why I brought up the midfield earlier, the midfield of Jacory Hayes and, and, and Hassani Dotson will trap. They, they came up big, um, but Decorey Hayes, huge takeaway in the 36th minute. Um, he then made a long run down the right-hand side. And then this is where it kind of got exciting with the new players in the lineup, because I mean, Decorey Hayes, after his takeaway, came down the right side, crossed it in. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, Hanu, Hanu had a shot on goal. It was saved by the goalkeeper who was, who gave up the rebound. And then um, Franco had like Franco had a chance, but it was saved again, blocked. But it was just really close. Or is that oh, that, that was the goal, goal, dude? That, that was, was the goal. goal. That was the that goal. Was the yeah. goal. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of the second half. But I mean, basically, what I'm getting at is just the how those players making those runs, those well-timed runs together, just being in the right spot at the right time. No, I mean the, the goal was. You're right, Dave. Uh, Jacory Hayes on that goal. He he got the ball, made the tackle, got it at midfield, got it up the, up the pitch, got it to a new in the midfield, in, right in front of goal, really. And it was right there. A new takes a shot. The goaltender defends it. Of course, uh, Frank Pony gets the rebound and, and it's game over. I mean, when you're taking shots like that, 
like Anu did from that range, and a goaltender has to make a, a sudden move just to block a shot, and Fragaponi is right there to get the rebound. I mean, that's what you're looking for. I mean, it was it was perfect. All the guys were up where they needed to be. Everyone was in position. It's something we haven't seen this year. Right. Exactly. So we get that goal, guys, and we're off and running. I mean, remember now, this is Dallas. We're in Dallas. Nothing is a given in Dallas, but at least we're up 1-0. Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's, that's that's yeah, sorry for my, the confusion, but that's where I think I got, I got my timeline mixed up a little bit trying to, you know, we watched the game on Saturday, and then I was going back and looking at it. And then it was in, because it was just a minute later that Hanu – had just a brilliant, brilliant, another opportunity um, created in the midfield by just, it was Ja'Cory Hayes. And I think it was Will Trapp that forced a turnover, but Ja'Cory Hayes was right there and Dotson got it up there, chipped it up to Hanu. And unfortunately the shot was blocked, but um, I don't know if you're looking at that, but that, 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 that sequence that happened within two minutes of the goal and that second opportunity was so close together that I think it just got scrambled in my mind, but just, it was almost back to back and it, but it was just relentless, relentless attack and really good opportunities for Minnesota. And that's why you kind of felt, I remember thinking going into the first half is even after that moment or those moments going, you know, 41st, 42nd minute thinking, you know, Minnesota needs to get another goal here because they deserve one because the chances created by Minnesota was pretty impressive all while being said, you know, Dallas was doing just nothing yeah. going forward. Well, and until we came out of the half, and then it's like the field like tilted. It was like, hello, uh, Dallas was just on the attack, and we couldn't do jack shit to stop it. It was ridiculous how the field tilted in the second half. Um, Dallas, of course, did make, I think they made a change pretty much right like within a minute of the first half or actually right at the half, they made two changes, significant. Uh, two significant changes. Yes. Of course, Adrian Heath doesn't believe in making changes at halftime because right. he's Adrian Heath. He, things are going well. So let's keep going with what we're doing. Um, keep the flow of the game going. Keep the flow of the game going, you know? And uh, yeah, they were just, again, I remember watching it, Dave, and we we're like just getting pissed because they just kept, hitting us hitting us hitting us hitting us and i'm going when are we going to concede here because at some point it's going to happen oh i I i'm pretty sure i said before i mean before you know i know we're we're leading to but before uh dallas eventually scored i'm pretty sure it's coming there's one coming because well it just it just had that feeling and like i mean it almost happened at right after halftime like 47th -hmm. minute and uh, you know, Tyler Miller fortunately made a great save, um, but I think that was that was kind of where it started to maybe be an issue with Debassi, um, mm-hmm. because he was kind of turned out. He, well, that that the, I think the one I'm talking about just after halftime was where Tyler Miller pe- played the ball out to Debassi, and Debassi just it was a bad pass that got intercepted and led right. to a a big big shot, which mm-hmm. required a save from Tyler Miller, but you know it's just i think it i don't know it's it's hard to it's it's really hard i, I don't know because tactically dallas didn't change all that much but i mean no. those two subs came in i don't know if it was the fresh legs or what but it was like the game flipped on its head 
And it all of a sudden it was just Dallas that was relentless. And at least for the first, uh, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of the second half, Minnesota had nothing going forward whatsoever. Well, and then of course, Adrian Heath tries to say, okay, okay, okay. Let's get some new legs in there. So he does make two substitutions. He gets Ethan Finley in there for Nico and he gets Ozzy Alonzo in there for Jacory Hayes, which is good. Yep. But those are good subs. Not enough to 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 stop what was going to happen. Uh Chase Gasper gets a freaking yellow card, uh, which he can get a yellow card every flipping game we play, guys. The guy is just see, even your dog knows about Chase Gasper. Yeah, I know, right? He's just so angry at it. I yeah. See, I bring up Chase Gasper and Connor's dog gets all crazy. That's the problem. Uh, but uh, there was no way we were going to stop Dallas at that point. I, it was just, it, it, they were just, they were like a rolling uh, boulder coming at us, you know? My concern was, and I don't know if I brought this up when we were watching it, Dave, my concern was the fact that Dallas had so much momentum. They were going to score a goal, but I was concerned they were going to score not one, but probably two or three goals, just the way they were coming at us. Yeah. I mean, well, quite frankly, you know, credit Tyler Miller um, because he, he definitely, he definitely made a couple key saves in, in, you know, in the first half, but especially the second half, but it, yeah, it was, it was relentless. And you know what? I, 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 it's just hard to put a finger on it. I don't, I mean, maybe this is where I get to, you know, take the easy way out and blame the weather, but I, I just don't want to go there. I, I don't know. I think an adjustment had to be made tactically a little bit earlier than what, when it was done. I mean, maybe Heath should have made some halftime changes too, even though, you know, going through you, you had, you know, Jacory Hayes, I credited him with a pretty good first half, but that, that changed. And I don't know if he just didn't react quicker, quickly enough or what, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it was brutal, but I mean, getting into that goal, I mean, let's get to it. 68th minute. And yep. it was, it was again, a goal that we kind of thought might be coming, but it was mm-hmm. well, you know, well-deserved. It was Ricardo Pepe. Um, and then this is kind of what I hinted at earlier. It was Debassi who, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't been one to criticize him Debassi all year long, but he clearly got turned around. He wasn't, he just wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't applying the pressure and got no. turned around. And I wonder if that was because of the fact, and I know he's credit, you know, that Heath mentioned it. It's yep. like when you get a yellow card in the second minute and then got to play the, the rest of the game with a yellow, you're yep. not being as aggressive in that center back role as you'd expect Bossy to be normally be. And I think that was a big part of it. And that's, and that's a problem. That's, you know, when you get a yellow card right away in a game, I, I think you're pretty much on your back heels the rest of the game. I mean, it, it is what it is. You don't want to get that second yellow card. You just right. you, you just can't afford to. And the other issue too is, of course, guys, there's really no guy that Heath can bring in for Debassi. I mean, well, there is, there is, and there isn't. You have, I mean, of course, we're t- we we touched on it. Retalia's is away, starting for he started for Finland today, actually, with Robin yep. Lude. And so Retalia is not an option. I mean, I guess basically your only option. You know, Kalman. you're in this you're it's in the Kalman, yeah, yeah Brent Coleman but you're in the second minute of the game you you don't want to do that I just wonder uh, though 
I mean, I know he's not a fan favorite. I know it wouldn't be a first choice defender, not even my first choice defender. I mean, I I'm happy with Debassi, you know, starting in the center back, especially if you got Gasper out wide, but yeah, maybe after witnessing what happened in the first, oh, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of that half, you know, maybe in that first window of substitutions that he made when he brought Finley in and, and Ozzy Alonso, you know, maybe, maybe you do bring a Coleman in because he is, you know, he, if, love him or hate him he is can be a physical defender I know he had his he had some bad games early this year but he can be physical he's a big body presence that maybe could have made could have kind of ebbed that flow that Dallas had going for him at that time yeah well guys after the goal by Dallas Heath decides well I don't want to lose this game so he goes, uh, well, we're bringing Abelia, Abila, and uh, we'll bring in Ray as well. We'll get those two guys in there. And now we've got our offense back, supposedly. Now, watching this game, you could tell that Ray was not 100%. Yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it, was he not 100% or, because I know what you're getting at, Tony, was he not 100% or was he rusty? I think uh, from being off for basically uh, now, I mean, cause he didn't play, uh, I could be wrong. Correct me if I am, but he, he didn't play much in the game against RSL prior to the international break. I, it, he didn't start. I don't think he played at all. Uh, did he? So yeah, he could, you could credit that to rustiness maybe. And what we're talking about, of course, is, is, Reynoso had even like I think what a minute after coming on he had mm -hmm. a pretty big opportunity that I mean if you ask Re Reynoso he would he should have scored would have scored but yeah. did not but think about it that's four subs now guys I mean when's the last time Heath has made four subs in a game I think it's a new record I think it's a new record yeah and he ended up making five subs in this game so giddy up you know yeah, because uh, we should. Yeah, he he brought in Agadello for yeah. Frank Apone at, at, at the end, toward towards the, in the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so wait, is that a record? I don't. Have we done that even this year? Five I subs. I don't I have, think. I don't I think. I can't remember have. the last time we've done five subs. No, no. Yeah, so we'll call it a record, whether it's a record. We'll call it a record. And uh, there was a lot of action on Twitter the next day saying, well, now he's finally figured out how to play this game, I guess, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it, to me, it's, it's close because I mean, I, I, I just feel like the changes, I'm not going to criticize it. You know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox and say they should have brought Coleman. It was just a thought. Uh, I don't mind the changes he made, especially in Dallas to bring in some fresh legs and you've got players like, you know, Reynoso and Abila on the bench, why not? And then Agadello, let's get after it. Because I will say this, like, towards the end of the game, it did kind of shift again. Minnesota had some brilliant chances. Yeah. Um, even in added time at the end, of the very end of the game, Reynoso had another, even probably, I think it was the third or fourth added minute, Reynoso yep. had one that he would he really should have scored but yeah. anyways minnesota had their chances they did have some they finally after the first 15 20 30 minutes of that second half they finally had some you know they finally started going forward again and you know maybe you credit the substitutions for that but i don't know if if you want to criticize heath i'd say not too little because he made five but in my opinion it was too late yeah right well i mean it's a point guys at one point uh if that's the best we can do against dallas in dallas i'll take it for now 
remember, this is now our fourth. Uh, I mean, we're on a four game unbeaten streak um, right. after we lost four games in a row. So, I mean, hey, we're moving somewhere. My biggest concern out of this whole game is uh, is what's going on with Ray, because I think there's some things they're not talking about. And, and this has come up. His leg problem has come up earlier in the season. And if his leg is not still 100 percent, that's concerning to me because yeah, I, we, we don't have anybody else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm maybe it's my the optimism in myself coming out. But I mean, I'm not as concerned as you are at this point, Tony, uh, for two reasons. One, um, yes, they're coming off a long break here. And in Ray's case, it's four weeks. But there is the there is the there is the fact that they do play again on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he maybe Heath was looking at that. They've got three games in a week, essentially eight days. Uh, maybe he was just looking at it from that point of view. Yeah. So, but I Hopefully. mean, so clear and clearly, you know, Ray came out and played. You know, he played what 15, 20 minutes to end the game. So it's not like his injury is severe. He he wouldn't no. he wouldn't have been out there for the last twenty minutes. It was severe, but no. So you know, I'm not I'm not going to raise the alarm. That's all I'm saying is I'm not raising the the flag of the alarm bells yet because right. we've got, there's a game on Wednesday. Number one, number two, he did play in the game. So right, and yeah, I I think I'm I'm with you, Dave. I don't think I'm as concerned um, as you might be, Tony, because uh, I I saw he might have missed a couple of easy chances. He might have had an off day, but I still saw the way he passed and he made some good uh, playmaking opportunities uh, on against Dallas. So uh, if that's him at less than 100%, I'll take it. Um, and uh, I'm still not sure he should start in the game on Wednesday. Maybe they should bring him on in the second half, but I would definitely not... Uh, <laughs> Not count him out. I know you agree with me, right, Henry? Yeah, Henry's. But I mean, you know, maybe you got to play him. You got to play it safe. And he, I, we, it's been on record. He's played through injuries uh, leading up to the international break. But come yeah. on, Connor, don't you want to see that? That don't you want to see a new up up top, and then have Ray in the middle with with Frank Apone and either Nico Hansen or Finlay out, right? I mean, don't you want to see that lineup? Oh, absolutely. Well, everybody wants to. See, everybody wants to see that lineup. That's yeah. the lineup that's really the lineup we were promised at the beginning of the season. I mean, really when all this shit started to go and we're like, Oh, we're making all these changes. This is the lineup that Heath wanted. So. Oh, and we, I, yeah. And I, and sorry with what we have available, but I mean, ultimately yeah. maybe you'd have loot out. Right. But well, with Lude, what we have going into Wednesday, that's what I want to see. For and the we'll, we'll talk about Robin Luton a little bit, but yeah. um, really, I mean, this is the lineup he wanted now. If he gets that starting lineup on Wednesday and it scores three goals, then then Heath is a genius. Uh, if he gets that lineup on Wednesday and scores nothing or one goal, then I'm sitting there going, okay, well, when are we going to see this great offense that Heath is trying to create? You know? Um, these pieces still aren't together yet these pieces are still kind of just pieces and we've seen glimpses and things but we got to see the whole picture here at some point 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But I think I, I guess if you're looking at if we're trying to draw positives out of the result in Dallas, and and I think there is some of that. These pieces in Tony, you probably mean Adrian Anu and Frank Apane. I mean, they made an impact on the game. Of course, Frank Apane scored, you know, scored in his debut, which now we've got debutants scoring in their debut back to back weeks because of course Nico Hansen scored against RSL. Mm-hmm. To, with a late equalizer so that's that's i mean so if you're you know picking at straws you're trying to find positives that would be it i guess so one yeah we I haven't up, go one ahead thing I picked out, one thing i picked out was that fragapane definitely exceeded my expectations of him because i i i saw his stats from when he played in south america and they weren't particularly impressive um but uh his uh, style of play to, um against dallas was very impressive to me so I would hope to see more of the same against Austin on Wednesday. Um, and uh, hopefully we hope, hopefully Ray is hundred percent and hopefully we can see a new up top again. And uh, you know, if, if we can, if Fragapani continues this, maybe we can turn out to, maybe, maybe we can turn him to a European club or something. Maybe he yeah. would be uh, maybe in a couple of years, he'll be worth a little bit more. We'll see. Maybe, uh, you know, as we roll into uh, this, coming game on Wednesday, maybe uh, Heath will throw us a curveball and start Ramon Abila up top. And then who knows? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I got to admit though, it's like, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm like, never mind the start of the kickoff. Never mind kickoff. I'm just waiting. I'm checking Twitter, like looking for that starting 11, looking for that, mm-hmm. you know, cause you just, it's hard to predict right now. I mean, I thought I had it uh, on Saturday night and I didn't, and I'm even, it's going to be even much more so on Wednesday night. Well, guys, uh, coming up here, and and right now we're sitting in, I think, probably, I think it's like 11th place, 12th it is, place. It is yeah. 11th, 11th place. place. Which, which um, there you go, It's Tony. very nostalgic. It yeah. is. But and I remember, was it 2018, well, probably mm-hmm. 2017, we were floating in that 10, 11, 10, 11, 9. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'd bump up to 8 or something and yeah. back down to the 10. It was always consistent. But, yeah, you know, the you know, we want to, you want to joke about it, but I, I mean, it was important to get a point on the road because that yeah. kept Dallas in the basement, you know, otherwise they would have leapfrogged uh, Minnesota easily. So yeah. the thing that I, you know, I just, we want to see the floodgates open because they're sitting in 11th place, eight matches played with eight points, you know, that one point per game average won't cut it. But of course, when you're talking about uh, four losses to start the season, yeah. um, maybe sitting at one point per game isn't too bad right now. And after eight, the one thing that is concerning for everybody, every fan, everybody on that team and club is the uh, seven goals scored in eight games. But, but, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, looking ahead, the next three games, guys, um, I think on the last podcast, I talked about this. I said the next four games would be key to us, like getting back into the playoffs. Now getting a point against Dallas is great, but FC Austin uh, Wednesday night. We gotta we gotta win that game. We need three points out of that game. Yes, we do. Uh, and then I after hate, that, I hate I hate. Sorry to interrupt, Tony, and I'll let you continue after. But I I hate using the term "must win" this mm-hmm. early in the season. But if so, I I I'm not gonna call it "must win." But if if I was going to, this would be a game. You're coming back to home um, after a couple games on the road. You know, to sandwich. We can't drop any more points break. at home. No, yeah. you can't not, tread. You can't even not, get a. You can't even get a draw at home. You can't tread water right now. This is not treading water time. This is not go time. 
not to, I mean, unless you're talking about the cream of the crop. I mean, if you're talking about a team that is also under the playoff line, like Austin is currently, mm-hmm. at, albeit early in the season, yeah, you know, you got to just take care of business. Well, you got to get, you got to get three points against Austin. You got to go then to Portland on Saturday. You got to get at least a draw in Portland, yeah. if not a victory. You have to get a draw out of that one. And then you got San Jose at home on the 3rd of July. You got to beat San Jose at home. You got to get at least seven points on the next three games. Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you don't all of a sudden, you know, Tony, you're talking about a, a four game stretch and if, cause if you don't do that, well, then, then we're going to be talking, you know, two weeks, three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about how the Minnesota United is sitting in 11th position, you know, okay, fine. There's still games to go, but you know, without making a move, if, if you don't make a move in that window, yeah. um, it's just, I don't see it all. How would it happen? Well, if you think about the, if you look at the standings, you see the difference between uh, 11th and fifth, which is us in Portland, who we play in a couple matches time. You just mentioned Tony. Uh, we're at eight points. Portland's only, only at 12 points. Mm-hmm. And judging by uh, their goal difference, which is negative one right now, they're not a particularly impressive team uh, in fifth place. They've just, they've lost four games and they've won four games. That's pretty much it. They haven't tied any. Um, and we've historically had the the upper hand against Portland too. So I think we have a, a, a pretty good shot within Portland to get at least one point. Then you've got, uh, um, I'll go back to Austin. We're going to want revenge on yep. Wednesday. Um, Cause they, they beat us in their first trip to Allianz and now they're coming back. Um, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to want revenge, which means we would leapfrog them. I think the way we're playing, we'll, we'll do okay, because Austin also is not having a, a great season. And then we've got San Jose, who we've, uh, ever since 2019, we've always always been able to just take take the church. Like we, so I think uh, with the same coaching scheme and the, scheme and, and the same team, I think we can beat San Jose at home as well. So I, th- I think our chances at seven points are pretty good. Yeah, it's it chances are good and it's it's got to happen. We got to make a move now. Um, I know it's early in the season, uh, but this team has way too much talent to be just treading water or dropping points at home to an expansion team. Right. Um, so. All right. So our next game, of course, guys, is Wednesday against Austin. Hopefully it's a victory. Um like I said, then we got uh, Portland coming up on Saturday. So, didn't Austin just open their new stadium? They did, they did, and everybody's very excited about that. And of course, we talked about this before the uh, for the podcast. Uh, Wednesday's game at Allianz Field will be close to a hundred percent. Right, right, Dave. Well, yes, I think I'm gonna. Just, we might as well just call it hundred percent capacity, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think. I think due to MLS regulations, uh, it'll be just slightly less than that. Call it 95%, 97% full. Just you might not see the first row, first row all the way around the stadium uh, full, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. It is, and it's going to be a good time. I won't be there. No, um, I, I don't think I'll be able to be there. I, I'm curious to see if our former uh, co-host david sterling will be there but uh connor are you gonna be there oh yes i will be there um yeah, i'll be sitting in the same uh, seats as always the uh actually this this is the first game we're getting our old seats back so we're nice uh, so that'll be nice it's we're sitting closer to the halfway line i think we're probably at about the uh 
uh, at about the 20, 25 yard line, I, I want to say right around there. So it's, uh, I'm really excited because I just to, to be able to feel that environment again with the whole stadium just rocking and singing and uh, seeing the game play and to see barely any seats empty in the stadium, that'll, that'll be something else. And it's something, it's a feeling that I've almost forgotten to be well, honest. Well, yeah. I mean, and no, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I remember, you know, at the opener, you know, the opener this year where they had what, 4,000 people in the stands? 4,400. 4,400. Yeah. I just remember how amazing that felt. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, 20% capacity or 25 or whatever, what, whatever the number was. Mm-hmm. I just remember the feeling of being back, even in that atmosphere was what it was wonderful. It was great. So um, yeah, yeah it just, you heard the noise uh, when it was just 20% full that, uh, that day. Um, and it sounded like a full stadium, which I can only imagine how, how loud it's going to be uh, on Wednesday night. So yep. it's uh, it's a day I've been looking forward to for a long time, gentlemen, and I'm sure you guys have been too. Um, oh yeah, and uh, so it's it's going to be fun. It's going to. It be will great. be. It'll be great. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll almost be interesting. You know, assuming I get, assuming I don't get the uh, last minute call down there, but uh, it'll just be interesting watching it on TV just to hear hear the fans coming through the broadcast. I yep. think it's just going to be super exciting. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, one of these games. I'll have to get back out there again, uh, depending on, well, games. And if Dave is in China, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so let's take just a short break guys, which really isn't a break because honestly it's not. Um, but uh, when we come back, guys, we'll talk a little bit about Euro 2020 and uh, some uh, some history from Connor, since we haven't talked for that in a while. So we'll be back in uh, one minute. Cool. Okay, we're back. That one minute was very short. Wow, that was short. <laughs> it was short, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of those uh, station breaks type of deals. You know, got to take yeah. a station break. Uh, but, uh, so anywho guys talk about the loons a little bit, and we have some loons playing in Euro 2020, uh, which everybody asked me when I talk about Euro 2020, we're not soccer fans. Why do they call it Euro 2020? Well, it was supposed to happen last year, right? It's happening this year. They're just going to keep the name as Euro 2020, which is fine. Just like the Tokyo Olympics or Tokyo Olympics 2020, even though they're happening in 2021, it's the way it works. Uh, but when I was in Vegas, I got a chance to watch a lot of, uh, Euro 2020 games. Unfortunately, I missed Italy twice. Uh, once because I was leaving the day they had their first game. Actually, I think their first game was Friday before I left, but I was at work and their second game they played, I was on the plane and this is the cool thing, right? So Dave, you, you're a Delta guy, right? Yes. Dave's Dave's Delta guy. So on Delta planes, they have free entertainment. And one of those free entertainment things is they have dish network or whatever the heck it is. And they have live TV. And I was like, Oh shit, I get to watch the Italy game on live TV on the plane on ESPN while I'm flying home. I punch it. It starts playing. And then all of a sudden it says, Oh, there's an error with your, your box. No, can't play live TV. This is the shitty part, Connor. This is the shitty part. My box was bad, had an error. The guy in front of me is watching it. I can oh see, I can God. see through through the seats. 
he's that able to watch sucks. it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I'm like hitting like the, I'm trying to like restart the damn thing. It will not freaking work at all. Oh, that sucks. Cause that was the Italy Wales game. Wasn't it? Yeah, the, it was. Yeah. Oh man. See, so was, you yeah. and I were on opposite sides of the spectrum. I was cheering for Wales being a yeah. Brit myself. Uh, yeah. And you know, our buddy, uh, my buddy Scott, who was on the podcast a couple, a couple episodes ago, yeah. he he's living in Cardiff right now. So I'm mm-hmm. sure he was cheering for Wales. Uh, congrats to your Italians though. They came out with uh, a full nine points. Very well done. Of course they did. They're much different team this year. Connor. They, After- they're impressive. They flew under the radar, but I, they, they're a dark horse. They could, no. they could, well, they're not a dark horse, but they're, they're, uh, they, I think they flew under the radar compared to a lot of other teams. Well, after missing that last World Cup, they've retooled their whole system. And now they're more of an attacking team than I've ever seen them before. I mean, they attack like you would not believe. It is ridiculous. Well, yeah. What they do. Seven and, goals, four, and no goals uh, yeah. conceded. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Buffon is no longer there. So they don't have like the star goalie anymore, but they're, they're doing some things on offense that I have never seen an Italy team do uh, before. Uh, and I've watched Italy for numerous years. And this is like, this offense is like new and fresh and it moves. Right. But uh, so, When's yeah. the last time you saw Italy without Gianluigi Buffon? Like that's. Oh shit. That's been. That's ridiculous. I remember. It's, I, I remember watching him when he was young back in, uh, back yeah. when I was living in London. Yeah. It's been well, since like the nineties, pretty much. I mean, it was yeah, late nineties. Yeah. To, yeah. To maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. He hasn't played for a couple of years for Italy, but uh, yeah, it was weird watching it. But uh, the other funny thing too, is my wife had the live TV on hers next to me. And I was like hitting her. And I'm like, can I watch it? She's like, no, no, you can't. Oh man. So I was like, oh Take shit. A bullet. And I was like, whatever, I'll just miss another freaking Italy game. So whatever. <laughs> so uh, the crazy thing that happened, of course, guys, uh, not crazy, but scary was the first day I was out there. Uh, the Finland, uh, was it, is it Denmark? Finland, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. that's right. Uh, the first day I was out there, guys, uh, watching that. And then all of a sudden Erickson goes down. Yeah. Um, and I'm texting you guys saying, holy shit, they stopped the game, the Finland-Denmark game, because Erickson's down. And That must uh, have been a Monday or Tuesday, because I remember I wasn't able to watch it. I think I was in the middle of work when that happened, so I was not watching it live. Was it but Monday? I mean, it, was, it was insane. Like, you just you saw – if you ever watch the replay, uh, I don't know if there is a replay on YouTube anymore. Oh, but, um, or maybe – yeah, maybe it was it Saturday. Wasn't. It, it was could have been a Saturday, but it for must, whatever it was reason, like the second day. I, yep. Yeah, for whatever reason, I couldn't watch the game, and I wasn't watching it live when it happened. And it definitely, my phone blew up. Obviously, Tony, you texted um, ESPN. I mean, got alerts. I mean, it was mm-hmm. getting alerts from all over, and so yeah. eventually, I didn't see it when it happened. But I certainly watched the replay. Just scary. I mean, just unbelievably mm-hmm. scary because you know he was running. He was running, and all of a sudden, you know, he kind of. He just collapsed. Sure, I don't need to describe mm-hmm. it because I'm yeah. sure everybody that's listening to this podcast have, have probably seen the, the replay, but just, I don't know how else you describe that other than just extremely scary and just like what happened. And then the stories that came out after the fact though, of his right. essentially saving his life, you know, yeah. performing CPR, you know, on him before they, he actually had to, you know, I think they used a, 
defib defib defibrillator on him defibrillator you know? yeah yeah so um, a couple of things about that i remember i was watching it live and a camera angle did get a sight of christian erickson's face when he was down on the ground and there was nothing in his eyes yeah there was no life no expression no nothing that to me it was like uh, was scary within itself and then everybody was you know you saw all of the danish players covering him up and uh trying to keep keep it private and everything and um so i but i did manage to get a glimpse of like what was happening and i saw the guy performing cpr and then they used the defibrillator and i was like holy shit this is insane this is this is really serious like he's he could he could die and then i saw a report a few days later uh when christian erickson was in the hospital he was recovering and they were doing more tests and uh luckily now he's he's okay and he's out of the hospital he's been discharged uh but uh, a report said that when the medics got out there christian erickson was gone he was he was completely lifeless they had to basically do everything they could yeah it was well and that's then that's why like credit to his teammate that literally performed cpr on him yeah you know while he was on the ground i mean he must have realized quite quickly obviously had the training to realize that he was had you know either wasn't breathing no pulse you know whatever i'm assuming it was both of the above like and just the I don't know. Like, it's amazing the reaction of his teammates and just his entire team and everybody on that field just to react to that as quickly as they did. And obviously, you know, to have the medical equipment that they had, but what just, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. literally speechless. I can't even like, cause I'm just, I can't find the words to, to put it into play. Like, it's just incredible. Well, it's, it's, uh, it rem- I told you guys when I texted you guys, it reminded me of Hank Gathers, uh, who played for Loyola, Loyola Marymount back in the, I think it was the eighties, maybe the early nineties. Um, it played, he was a basketball player in college and he collapsed during a game, the same deal, cardiac arrest died on the floor, uh, of the basketball court. Um, and, uh, that was that. And if you were, if you ever watched the, the video of that happening um, to see him walk, try to walk up the court and then all of a sudden collapse is like just the most horrifying thing in the world. And and seeing Erickson do kind of pretty much the same thing. Definitely. I was like, holy shit, man. Isn't it? I mean, you're, you're, you're talking in both cases, Tony, you're talking about world-class athletes, you know, in the middle of a game doing Mm -hmm. that and so it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's extremely scary because they're world you know they're just at the top of their game you just you would you would never pen them as as potential you know people to suffer from cardiac arrest and they're literally Mm -hmm. it happened during a game so you know it makes it just makes you think about everything like Mm -hmm. it's just a site you don't it's just a site you don't want to see on a soccer field at all no uh, it's i remember when i was a kid uh, and there, it was the 2003 Confederations Cup, and I was watching it. Uh, I, I was watching it. I was still living over in London, and uh, Cameroon was playing in it. And I actually did see um, there was a player that played for Cameroon, and he played for Manchester City as well. Uh, Mark Vivian Foey 
uh, he actually collapsed on the pitch and uh, died because of a hole in his heart at the time. Yeah. And uh, that I, I was watching it and I was just, it's like you said, Tony, it's a horrific sight. It's yeah. you, you just, it's there's there. And yeah, there really are no words. It's, no. Um, it's I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. One thing we talked about before we recorded is, and we should bring up is so they basically fitted uh, Christian Erickson, he, you know, he had successful surgery, uh, came out of the hospital. He's released. Um, I think he basically got like, what would you call it? An EKG or, a, a basically, a, I think it is an, like a, a pacemaker essentially. Yeah. It's like an IC, ICD or something like that. ICD. Yeah. Where they'd implant it in your heart. Actually, I'm looking at now implantable cardiovascular defibrillator sorry icd but icd yeah so basically but the thing that i thought was really interesting was you know um when i was watching the euros um when that kind of news came out and there was a broadcasted match between netherlands and uh connor you know you know this guy but it was daily um daily blintz daily blintz yeah and so and so he was that was erickson's former teammate at ajax and he was literally playing in the game for Netherlands with that device implanted in him. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I look at that as, you know, that's secondary, but at least, you know, if Christian Eriksen wants to go down the road of a full recovery and come back and play, you know, professionally for his country and club, you yeah. know, at least he's got a teammate that literally, you know, has the same kind of device implanted in him. So, you know, he's got that hope out there. And I, I just thought that was remarkable, the coincidence of, of, of that situation. So, well, it's, it was kind of a shock uh, for one of the first games of Euro 2020 to have that happen. Uh, the game did go on. Um, and uh, there are a lot of people who are not happy about that. But, well, I should say, as we record this, I mean, unfortunately, Denmark did lose that game to Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denmark lost their next game. Um, but um, as we record this, we can, we're happy to say, at least for fans of Christian Eriksen and Denmark, that they advanced into the second uh, the knockout stage due yes, to their yes, they did. Russia today. So well, They ran right over them today. Let's talk about some of his games. Well, one other game, guys, I want to talk about after that game, which is horrific. Uh, one of the games I watched in uh, when I was in Las Vegas, uh, and I texted you guys about it was a Sweden Spain matchup. Right now, this game, guys, I I mean, I don't think you guys watched the whole game. I think it was like during the day or whatever. It was a probably Monday or whatever. I think it was Monday. I'm watching it in my cabana at the at the Bally's uh, while the girls are all at the pool, and I'm going, "Holy shit! This is an incredible game because." Sweden only got, had possession, 25% possession during the game. Uh, Spain had possession most of the time. That, I mean, I that, 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 that sounds like classic Spain to me, though. Yeah, but they were like, just Spain was just like berating Sweden. Sweden was just like, couldn't stop them and just, you know, get the ball and turn it over, whatever. And they ended up tying the damn game. It was a, it was a nil-nil tie. It was. It was an incredible freaking game. 
I, but it's also one of those games, Connor, where people who aren't soccer fans will go, well, nobody scored. So that must have been super boring. Yeah, it was actually, it, oh, it was so freaking entertaining. It was oh, I'm sure. Not Just because it's a nil-nil game doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. I've seen nil-nil games that are super oh. entertaining. But it was, yeah, but of it was, course I'm joking with you. And I mean, that's, I mean, I've seen, I have, I mean, I love this time of year. We've got the European championships going on. And you've got Copa America. So there's like soccer games from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And yep. uh, yeah, like, you know, zero, zero game is not boring. I, I think it's, but, it, but what was, I mean, what was, was there, was it the chances created in that game, Tony? That was, made it? Now that's, that's the crazy part about it, Dave. And, and you'll know this because we have watched the loons have terrible possession and then end up winning a game like 1-0 or 2-0 because they get chances, right? So it's kind of like watching the loons from previous years where, you know, Spain was just hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, and all of a sudden, like, Sweden would get a breakaway, and you'd be like, holy shit, Sweden's going to score. They're like a two-on-one or a three-on-two or whatever it was, and they get down there, and they get close, but Spain's goalie would make a save or whatever, like, oh, there's their chance. And then, of course, Spain would have the ball for another 10 minutes, and then there'd be another one where they'd get an opportunity and it was just like this back and forth. And it was like, unbelievable. I feel like even Tony. in Spain's heyday, you know, maybe going back, what is it? 10 years ago now, or 11 years ago when Spain yeah, won, when the, won really the world good. cup. Yeah. I feel like even most of their games were kind of, if you're not like a big soccer fan, you, you, you wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't be at fault for calling some of Spain's games, even then boring mm-hmm. because they, they, when they won the world cup and what's it 2010 against uh, the Netherlands. Right. Um, it, I think it was one, nothing. I mean, it was yeah. barely, and that was just classic Spain. It was just like possession, possession, possession. And then you get caught sleeping for just that one second. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And then they capitalize. So. That is so true. You know, Tony, I'm looking at the Google match, match report. Do you know what the final possession count was? I have no idea. 86 to 14. Holy shit. That's ridiculous. That is, I've never seen a possession count. Like those, that before. those, those big dumb Swedes. I tell you, they were just like, it was amazing. And like now what's even more amazing is Sweden's top in the group. I know that's, that's the amazing part about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, these guys defensively were just like on point. It was like, they stopped Spain hardcore, but Spain will always get the ball back. And it was just like this, they couldn't get it out of their defensive end. It was like, just get it out, get it out. But then when Sweden get it out of the defensive end, they'd speed up the pitch and like, God, there were so many chances. I was watching that game down at the cabana. And then I was up in my room for a little bit watching it. And I was like, son of a bitch, this is ridiculous. I want Sweden to score so fucking bad. Right? I wanted the Swedes to score, man. I just wanted them to score, but they never did. Well, you know well, who's in the same group of uh, Sweden and Spain as oh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah, yeah, That's right. And a certain Jan Gregus. And mm-hmm. did they did they play tomorrow? Because you know, as we sit here talking, Spain is actually sitting in third place with two yeah. points. So, so as they, of now, tomorrow the only games are Croatian, Scotland, and Czech Republic, and my England. Um, okay, England playing for that top spot there. Uh, Slovakia, Slovakia and Slovakia plays against Spain on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. And then Sweden plays Poland. It's yep. an interesting. It's an interesting grouping because really, now if Sweden beats Poland, they're they're moving on. Right. Um, if uh, Slovakia beats Spain, they're moving on. 
Yeah. Um, and even it's very if, likely that Spain's going out if they... Uh, even if... Yeah. yeah, even if Slovakia ties Spain, uh, Spain is, is probably not going to go. Right. Because now... The crazy thing is, so some third place teams make it, which right. brings us back to Finland because four Finland, of the six, four of the six make it. Four yeah. of the six, yep. So Finland lost today. They're sitting with three points uh, along with Denmark. Denmark is going, moving on. They got the uh, enough to get out of Group B. So Finland's with three points. Russia's with three points. Um, you got, uh, let's see who else we got. No, that's, that's about it. Uh, Ukraine has three points, uh, so they're in the in the mix. Uh, you've got well, Croatia and Scotland can't get three points, so if they either those two teams win, they're through. Right. Uh, Slovakia, if they lose, they've got three points. They could go through. Um, Spain, if they tie, potentially they could go through. Um, it's Germany. Portugal. Portugal plays against France. They're in a third yeah. place spot yep. right now. And Germany's got three points too. I mean, right. Germany I think, loses that. It, I think. Crazy. I mean, it's it, it's it's really cool how it's going to come down to basically the last match day to determine mm-hmm. those fourth place. Well, and second and third for that matter. But I mean, I think Switzerland is the only. I believe Switzerland right now is the only third place team that is going through because they're on they're four the points. Guaranteed. Yeah, they're on four yep. points. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which actually, before we move on here, uh, shout out to Austria who qualified in a second place position today. Who would ever thought that? Yeah, they Jeez. beat Ukraine. I, I didn't, I, it was one of those games where I had on the background while I was uh, working. So I didn't really get to watch it closely, but I was certainly listening to everything that went on. And that was a bit of a surprise, I think. Yeah. At least if you're, you're Ukrainian, it was, but I was no, definitely expecting Ukraine to win that game. You know, it's amazing, guys. Unless you're Turkey or North uh, Macedonia, uh, every other team has a chance here. I mean, really. I love team I mean, it's yeah. coming. So it's, it's going to, I mean, things will change. I think we'll know a lot more, you know, tomorrow as we record this. But it, it will definitely come down to the literally the last match day of the mm-hmm. group stages to see who goes through. That's cool. Yep, we'll see if the Finns can get through. I hope they do. This this is a bit more exciting, you know, even because you have what six six uh, fourteen groups. It's a bit more exciting to say that Copa America, who has two five team groups, where they only eliminate two teams, one out of each group, yeah. going into the knockout stage. So this yeah. is there's a little more excitement in the Euros as there always Love is. It. So that's Euro twenty twenty guys, and uh, it is getting a little crazy. Um, it, it is. Uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun watching these games. It's fun uh, watching some European soccer, getting ready for the World Cup uh, next year. Is it 2022, guys? It's 2022. next year. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. that's yeah. the only That's the only uh, caveat is where instead of uh, literally a year from now, you'd expect the World Cup to happen. It'll be in, uh, I think it's basically starts around Thanksgiving. Yeah, yep. finishes, you know, towards, you know, almost Christmas. So that'll, it'll be kind of cool, you know, yep. soccer in, in winter, but well, that's uh, the only sh- place you really can play when the play soccer in guitar in Qatar. Yeah. And you're yeah. imagine playing soccer in 122 degree weather. You I can't do that. I, I can hardly imagine playing soccer in 72 degree weather, let alone 122, <laughs> but you know, but you know what, this is what a great, you know, we are sitting here in the middle of June. We've got uh, the, european championships going on you got Copa america but yeah the real excitement at least if you're a you know u.s men's national team 
fan um would it starts uh early september i think september 2nd of this year yep. and goes through the end of march of 2022 that's that's the world cup qualifying process but at least we have the women's national team uh they're going to be in the olympics starting uh, about a month from now in late july so that we'll have that to look forward to as well it's a well, soccer everybody, everybody don't forget about the gold cup too yeah Oh, the gold You know, and that's, and we should say that uh, I believe uh, is Hassani Dotson on the yes, preliminary yes. roster, yes, the five man. So, yeah. Oh, we should, and uh, where's should, Gasper on that though? Shouldn't Chase Gasper be there? He's, no, he's not. No, there. no, no. Don't make Connor's dog bark anymore. He doesn't like Chase <laughs> Gasper. Um, but before we move on to history, guys, one final note about uh, the whole international play. Uh, Sterling brought this up the other day and, uh, I'm not surprised about it. Uh, Mexico is in a little bit of trouble, uh, right. with, uh, their fans doing some anti, um, homophobic chants really is what they were doing. Chance, yep. Uh, doing that at some games. Well, uh, games I mean, have been, I, I, yeah, I mean, been I stopped. Watched, yeah. I mean, I wa- literally, I mean, I, wa- I was watching the final in, it was the, uh the nation's league the nation euro uh the Concacaf nation league's final it was out in uh denver um, yep. the, and they literally stopped the game uh yep. you know and the the re- at the time i didn't really know what was going on but the referees kind of literally warned the fans there was like the pa mm. system was going on saying stop this stop that and at the time i didn't know what was going on i think tony you had brought it up a few days before that Yep. It was kind of coming into my mind, but yeah, the sanctions that they in well place were severe. They are now the minor sanctions are the next two home games from Mexico are going to be played well, without without that, fans. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I wouldn't call that minor because guess what? The next two home games for Mexico are their World well, Cup. The World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, that, that's um, not a minor sanction. Well, and Sterling brought the fact that they could be then ejected from the next world cup and also oh, a points deduction well not points deduction they could be just ejected from the next world cup and also they could potentially if this continues not be allowed to host the world cup when it comes to north america in uh, 2026 right mm. um so they could be told there's gonna be no games played in any stadiums in mexico in 2026 Okay, um, yeah, that would that which, would qualify as major, which would be a major thing for Mexico, um, and would open up the possibilities of some other cities in the United States and potentially Canada hosting some more games. I don't think it's going to come to that. I think that I think they're going <laughs> to realize they've been idiots about this whole thing because there's no place. There's no place in soccer or any fucking sport to be yelling homophobic slurs at people on the damn pitch. No. Have we not passed that point in our society now? Do we need to be doing this shit all the time? I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, I don't No, I don't either, especially after, you know, they've been warned more Mm -hmm. than a handful of times. It's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's upsetting throwing shit at players on the field come on this isn't wwf wrestling here i mean another thing yeah another thing about that that final uh in denver was just yeah people were throwing bottles Mm -hmm. oh yeah 
Uh, just see Gio Reyna got uh, hit pretty hard by that was a full can. That was a full can of beer. That I'm was sure it was. And then, not, and then, yeah, that that was awful. Seeing the slow mm-hmm. motion replay. I mean, when he he came out injured, I didn't know what happened until I saw the replay. Mm-hmm. But then, then even Me- Mexico's players got hit. You mm-hmm. know, later on, it was just yep. it was it was unbelievable. Right. It is not cool. Not cool, everybody. Not at all. No. So uh, before we get out of here, Connor hasn't done some history in a while. So let's do some uh, Minnesota soccer history, Connor. All righty. Well, let's, uh, what is today? June 21st, 2021. It is the summer solstice, everybody. Yay. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going to go back to a week ago, June 21st, uh, sorry, June 14th, uh, which, uh, which one, which one am I going to do this time? Okay. We're going to do in 2000, when the Thunder win a second, the second round of the U.S. Open Cup against Mexico SC, 7-0. Mexico wow. SC? Yeah, remind- which I don't know where they come from or not. Well, they're not from Mexico because it's the U.S. No. Open Cup, so it's got to be like Texas somewhere? It, it must be. Maybe like New Mexico or... Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. It's like mm. there, I, I couldn't find any information on it. Like it was it was weird. It's just they they beat them, and they, I know they don't exist anymore. But um, yeah, Mexico SC. There you have it, folks. So they, and they beat them seven nil, too. Wow, kicked the shit out of them. Yep, sure did. Jesus. Moving on to the third round, and then we move on to June fifteenth let's say of 2010 the stars when the first round of when the first round match of the US Open Cup against the Kansas City Athletics for 4-2 now interesting they're called the Kansas City Athletics yeah and you guys know why that was an original baseball team that was an original baseball team yeah right became the Oakland Athletics you know so they could have called them Atletico KC they could have, but yeah. remember that has, now that, has a, that does have a much better ring to it, but, Connor. Remember now, Connor. Connor, yeah, we're talking about early. What year was this? Uh, this was 2010. 2010. Yeah. Really? And yeah. they weren't thinking of Athletico KC at that point. I, I guess not. What kind of idiots do they have doing their marketing shit? Again, we're talking about marketing, but maybe maybe that's where Jeff Bezos got his start. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That, yeah. that might be a stretch there, but yeah, I like that. <laughs> Moving on to June 16th of, let's say, uh, we are going to say 1999, when the Thunder won a shootout against the Milwaukee Rampage after playing to a 1 1 draw. Like the Rampage, like that name. I don't yeah. think I caught that game. I don't think I did. Thund- no. 1999. I no, might have. It was a, uh, yeah, because that back then they did a shootout stuff if you're tied after extra time. That's right. Yeah. The old shootout. Yeah. And I think it was like the American style shootout where they ran up from the halfway line and mm-hmm. tried to score against the keeper. Mm-hmm. Try to make it like hockey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to move to 1980. The year of the miracle, miracle on ice. This would have happened just a few months ago from here, because the kicks win against the Tampa Bay Rowdies four one. Oh, the Rowdies! 
Yeah, well, so the kicks, I mean, that's throwback. But yeah, the rowdies mm. have been around for many, Ever. many years and still are. Yeah, which is yep. amazing that they're, they're still, still around. around. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Then we've got uh, June 18th. Uh, is there anything? Oh, here we go. 1976, the first Ooh. year that the kicks were around, they won 3 0 at the Washington Diplomats. Of course, the Diplomats. Which is a good, which is good. Good you name. Know, I, th- I feel that's good. You know, in 76, I'm sure they were all wearing like yeah. red, white, and blue like shit. It was well, bicentennial stuff. It was nuts. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, if that name hadn't been coined by the soccer team, you know, you got teams like the Washington Nationals who currently yeah. play MLB. Right. So, well, didn't, the, didn't, the, weren't the, didn't the Twins Sen- used to be the senators. Washington Senators? senators. They were. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Moving on to June 19, uh, and we are going to go, oh, here we go, 1978, when the Kicks lose 1-0 at the Oakland Stompers. The what? The Stompers? The Oakland Stompers. Wow. Then I just, that, that what, what, what the hell is that? Really? That's, what's a, what's a Stomper? Couldn't tell you. Maybe is some, it, did, was Stomp on stage back then? I don't think so. Stomp no. wasn't stop wasn't around yet. Was it like a dinosaur reference? Maybe is it like because um, of the chompers and stompers? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Weird. I mean, who thinks of the name like stompers? Really? Do you sit around in the meeting going, "All right, what's our team name?" Oh, we got the stars. We got the kicks. How about the stompers? Yeah, let's. Yeah. The stompers sounds good. Let alone the fact that who in Oakland is thinking of it? Like, uh, hey, we're in Oakland. Let's call ourselves the Oakland Stompers. Yeah, like what? What is the deal? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, moving on to 1981, uh, June 20th, the Kicks win three two against the Atlanta Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that one. Native American you say, stuff, of course. You say Atlanta. I mean, was it Atlanta? Atlanta yeah, Atlanta. Chiefs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you know, I mean, there still are said names out there. Kansas not, City. Not for not for long. No. Yeah. Because the well, Cleveland Cleveland's changing their name after this year. The Indians yeah. are done. They're gonna be. Is that Cle- right? They're no, gonna, I think it was as of this year or last year. That, no, it's at, after after this year. They're oh, still the Indians technically. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, a lot of sports writers are not using the Indians term anymore. They're called the Cleveland baseball I think, team. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think your professional teams are going to be changing quickly, but I mean, I, I, I'm curious about the collegiate level. Like yeah. will the Florida Seminoles, for example, will they change that? That's going to be right. a yeah. little bit of, I mean, cause for in the Seminoles case, I mean, they have agreements with said tribes. Like they do. They yeah, do. they do. Right. Who knows? The yeah. professional teams are literally nicknames, so it's, it would be much easier to change. Cleveland's yeah. going to be the Cleveland Rocks. Maybe you'll finally <laughs> get your Cleveland Steamers. Oh, idea. Steamers, yes. Yeah, steamers. Cleveland. Be that would be. And you know what? If they did Cleveland Steamers, oh my god, they'd sell they so will. much merchandise. It'd be ridiculous. Yes, they would. <laughs> that would holy be shit. That would be classic Cleveland in my. Just opinion. put it. I, would, I, I, I just put a train engine on there. I mean, you just do a train engine, the Cleveland steamers. Yeah. It's no big deal. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean, steamers? What are you talking about? Yeah. No idea. <laughs> uh, the last one we're going to go with today, June 21st of 1980, which is the only stat of Minnesota soccer history this day. The kicks lose 3-2 at the New England T-Men. 
at uh, it's three two. Yeah. Oh, the tea. Well, you're talking about the tea, like the drink. Tea, as in, the, as the in dumping the tea into the box. The drink, driver. yeah, the tea, yeah. man. Mm. See, I again. love that one. I do love that one. Yeah. yeah. Growing up in, I grew up in New England. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. love any reference to the, you know, Revolutionary War. That That's awesome. I like yeah. that. I think it's a good name. I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a name. It's good. Yeah. Could come up with something a little better than tea, man. But yeah. I mean, uh, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, fun fact uh, about that, guys, actually, if we move on to June 22nd, nothing happened in Minnesota well, soccer history. Shit. It's a Minnesota mm. soccer-free day. Wow. It's like a barren wasteland in Minnesota soccer. Yeah. Ridiculous. So what am I going to do when I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, I don't have any history today. You have nothing. Yeah. Can't believe they never played a game on the 22nd of June. Yeah. What were they thinking? Like ever? Yeah. Like what, how, does, how does that freaking work? Jesus. It's like impossible. It, it pretty much is impossible. Wouldn't it be yeah. impossible? I mean, it seems impossible. Yeah. Cause the days like, rotate. Yeah. You know. Got over 40 years of Minnesota soccer history and there's no freaking June 22nd anywhere. Yeah, it was, it was going to happen next year and then leap year happened. That's right. Oh, well, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's right. not even happening this year because remember, we're playing Austin on the 23rd. Mm. Too. Jesus. There's something right. going on. Don't so, play soccer in Minnesota on the 22nd. So. Maybe. maybe it's because it's the equinox, like the summer, you know, the equinox, so they don't play. Oh, you know, there you go. That's when it like, reaches Minnesota. Yeah, it's like one of the longest nights or days of the year. So maybe no. it's, they don't do that. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, well, great to hear some history from Connor. Um, been a while, it's been a it has, long been, while. has been a while. Before we get out of here, guys, uh, like we talked about, big game uh, Wednesday night uh, against Austin. Uh, three points is a must. Uh, if we don't get three points, I think that's a loss. I don't care if we draw this team. Uh, we need three points out of this game. Uh, and uh, anything less is just going to be wasted. wasted. I mean, like we said before, we can't afford to drop any more points at home. No. We have to We have to win against Austin. And uh, yeah, seven points in the next three games, I think is a good goal, Tony. Yeah, I think I think it's really good. I think it's uh, we've got to climb out of the cellar. It's well, not we're not really in the cellar, but we got to climb out of this at some point, yeah, and uh, get ourselves kind of uh, back to how would I put it back to kind of square one, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's square one because we came into the season thinking uh, Minnesota was going to be at top of the table but they're hardly yeah. i think we we gotta focus on the. it's gonna be you know if we can if we're here a month from now and we're in clawing distance of the playoff line i think we'll we'll all be happy so and then yeah. tony you you nailed it you know they need to get those seven points in the next few games so yeah we'll see gotta do it i think and I, I mean, don't we have reason to be optimistic here now with you know, Frank Aponi, what we saw in his debut, and Adrian Anu, and hopefully Reynoso. I guess we're being a little optimistic, assuming he's healthy. But yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I don't know about you guys, but well, everyone, keep in mind that Adrian Anu has not played a home game yet for no. for Minnesota. So I think he, you know, he hasn't scored in the last couple of games. He played against uh, Dallas. He played against. Um, uh real salt lake and he he was he he started both games and he had a couple chances but he couldn't convert them and uh but then tomorrow we've got austin at home so maybe that's the third time lucky game i think so especially um 
especially against Dallas. He had some great chances and it, it wasn't even like Reynoso was different. I feel like Reynoso and his chances, he should have done better. Call it Russ, call it injury, whatever you want to call it. But Anu I agree. had some nice shots and credit the goalkeeper. And actually that's what I wanted to bring up because every time I, uh, the, uh, I did not, I'm not too familiar with Dallas's goalkeeper, at, at least current goalkeeper, who is a, a Jimmy Maurer. But every time that they that he had a save, I was like, "Well played, Maurer." That's all I could think about, Tony. I know what you're talking about. Well played, right? Well played, Maurer. Well played, Maurer. Every time Jimmy Maurer came up with a nice save, I just couldn't help but thinking, "Well played, Maurer. Well played." Oh, good God! But it was. I mean, I think Anu. I mean, credit to Anu. He had some nice shots, and he did. And credit to Jimmy Maurer as well, because mm-hmm. he saved he those nice shots. Yeah. Yep. And then, in fact, in one of those saves, he couldn't, you know, he gave up a rebound, and that's why Frank Aponte scored. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, let's hope that Hunu finds a back in the net on Wednesday night, and we'll be happy. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, I just want to mention uh, one thing for our sponsors. Big, uh, big big news out of uh, the Supreme Court about the NCAA in terms of how they deal with um, student athletes. That's right. Um, uh, that was today. And um, moving forward, this will be a big change uh, for how athletes athletes in um, college get compensated and uh, will probably affect soccer uh, a bit too in, in terms of how those players get compensated and uh, what they what they get paid, if they get paid from uh, endorsements, things of that nature. Um, so uh, big first step for those college students who have wanted kind of to get paid to play college sports. So um, before we get out of here, guys, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor, we'll talk to you guys in a week or two. All right, go loons. Go loons.